Hey, welcome to the Prep Huddle, everybody. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Jeff Johnson and Jeff Linder, uh, ready to talk a little bit about high school on the best dang high, high school football podcast in Eastern Iowa made up of three multimedia journalist ones that you'll ever going to see. As, as you can see behind me here, uh, obviously, uh, uh, week two in the books, looking forward to week three here uh, with some games going forward. But guys, before we kind of get into uh, the past and the present, um, kind of want to start talking about some hot button topics, I guess you could call it. Um, and we'll lead off uh, this week's podcast with um, the uh, name, image, likeness uh, issue in high school sports. And it's now become a thing in Iowa. Uh, you know, the Iowa High School Athletic Association announced, what was it, two weeks ago now? Um, or at least a couple weeks that uh, uh, that's, that's allowable for uh, prep athletes. As long as it doesn't include high school uniforms or references or anything like that, correct? As long as it's not as an, an enticement to attend a certain school or some type of reward in that fashion. Guys, I, I guess, what are your initial reactions to the news that the NI, NIL is now in Iowa high school athletics? Because the girls' unions – we should say the girls' union is actually having the same. Uh, they they have the same policy as well. Well, being said, it's it's always been allowed, but the thing that uh, the thing that they put out there a couple of weeks ago was just kind of guidance as far as what can be done, what can't be done, just so there aren't any big secrets later that. Uh, you know, or any big surprises later that, um, you know, might come back to bite somebody. Uh, you know, my, my first response was just, uh, you know, really disgust. But the more I think about it, I, I, I'm not sure it's going to be a big deal, you know, as, as long as the guidance holds through. Um, uh, we'll see. Um, I, I, I don't being a major factor uh, as long as you know what one thing that people are afraid of is it'll draw somebody from school x to school y and you know if, if that happens then uh obviously then I'll change my jj i think uh yeah i'm with jeff on this i it, wait and see um how this works and um you know how many kids maybe take advantage of this and like Jeff, you know, I think the, the one thing that worries me the most is, um, you know, someone that maybe, uh, I don't want to say affiliated because they're not officially, but, you know, someone whose kid maybe plays for school a, um, you know, and, and owns a business, you know, tell somebody from school B, Hey, you know, if you uh, come over and play with, with my boy and, and others or girl or whatever, um, you know, I'll, uh, I'll put you on a, you know, you can be, uh, uh, like a sponsor or something for my business or, you know, uh, we'll advertise that way or whatever. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, 
you know, the more I got thinking about it, I think it's good that it's being um, addressed now by both the girls and, and the boys uh, union association um, because it was inevitable, right guys that, uh, you know, this was going to come up and this was going to be something that was going to be for real. And, you know, unlike college, maybe where it kind of just mushroomed uh, with no real guidance. Uh, I think that, you know, I think the, the high school associations that represent the state here just kind of kind of trying to get out in front of it. And I guess that's a good thing. So KJ, what do you think? Uh, well, first off, I was really surprised. Linda, you said that this has always been, uh, this has always been an option for high school athletes. That's, said, what, uh, that, that's what some of the officials said. Um, really? You know, well, I, I was not could, aware of that. Yeah, could uh, say Ben Cater. I mean, he, he's the one that pops into my name. Could he run a, a camp and uh, have you know kids pay him fifty dollars to to be a part of his camp? I guess so. And I guess he always could. And I I, I didn't know that, but uh, um, you know, that, that's the scenario that comes to my mind first. You know, I I guess. The one thing that I don't think it's, I don't think it's the athletes that are going to be the ones that get really distracted or I think it's going to be parents that are going to think, oh, hey, I'll be able to cash in on this. I reference a, a story about, uh, I believe there are two twin, two brothers in, uh, two twin brothers in Ohio were like the top ranked second grade basketball players yeah. in the country mm -hmm. whose dad is already taking them around to, from showcase to showcase and stuff like that as second, third graders or whatever. And he yeah. specifically says, we're going to cash in on this NIL stuff. They're, yeah. they're in second grade. Yeah. That's exploitation. And, and their, that, uh, their slogan is born to go pro. That's exploitation. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's going to take overzealous parents to a whole new level. The other thing that I think is a concern to me, you guys mentioned parents who might own a business. Let's say that. Uh, let, let's be honest. Club stuff is not a pure industry when it comes to club sports outside of high school. And there are coaches that kind of delve into their, their varsity programs and club sports where they play both sides of the fence there. Who's, who's, the, who's to say that, you know, indirectly, hey, you know, my club's having a camp. You can come and, and be part of that and be a – you know, be one of my instructors for the camp and make 250 bucks. Um, you know, with kind of the unspoken, but you got to transfer to my, to my school, to, you know, where I'm coaching, yeah. you know? Oh yeah. Just, you know, oh, it's open for anybody, but you kind of notice that the kids in the club from one certain school, are the ones that are reaping the benefits. 
you know, I could, I could see that being a way to try to pressure somebody or entice them Mm -hmm. uh, without, without technically enticing them to transfer. Would that be legal? I don't know. I I don't know where that falls in the, uh, the good, bad, and the ugly of this thing. Probably, you know, you can always, you know, it's, it's not, it's probably not illegal for a parent to tell somebody, Hey, you know what? So your son would be a perfect fit at this school, you know, come play with junior, you know, it's a parent acted on their own, just mentioning it. That's not recruiting. It's not necessarily uh, against, you know, nothing that the school or coaches have done. We've heard that all the time. Coaches say, hey, I'm not going to tell somebody, hey, go get that kid. But if parents do that and the kid comes and jumps through all the hoops and is eligible, then I'm not going to turn them away. Well, I think we just opened up another portal for that to be – you know, to be used. But we'll see. A lot of dirty stuff that happens anyway. Yeah. And it doesn't even have anything to do with money. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's that's true. Um, but I really think the, the part of this whole NIL situation that could get ugly, I think, is from the parent's standpoint. Uh-huh. And, you know, trying to – squeeze whatever they can from their kids' talent um, outside of just the normal scholarship and recognition. You know what I mean? I think uh, to use KJ's line, I'm not sure which person I want to punch in the neck more, whether it be that (laughs) that second-grade parent from Ohio or the person who's ranking second-graders as far as ability. So Yeah. Yeah, no, you know. I I hear that. We we see wrestling rankings that all of a sudden are like pee wee rankings and stuff like that. Um, it's like, come on, man, really? I understand you think you're generating interest in the sport or whatever, but you're you're delving into some dirty stuff there when you're starting to extend that down to somebody as young as you know I, I think if you're gonna put those rankings out you should be forced to post those rankings 10 years later and see and, <laughs> and with showing people that eight of those top 10 kids that I ranked 10 years ago are no longer playing sports. Yeah. No that's I you see it at high school all the time, even from junior high to high school. You know, kids that are that are world beaters in seventh and eighth grade aren't even playing by the time their uh, their senior year comes around. So yeah, wait, 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 it's just a race to see who reaches puberty first. <laughs> that that is a perfect way to to describe it. So yeah, so we'll we'll see where this ventures. I mean, you know, I I know uh, we have a four down segment uh, that uh, we we're starting to run in. Uh, uh, this week, uh, you can find that at thegazette.com. Uh, but one of the questions we have, you know, if anybody benefits, what type of uh, what athletes could? Linda, you made reference to it. Uh, ben Keeter, who uh, became a world champ this last uh, 
summer multi-sport athlete for Iowa City High. That's somebody that you think is at the level where he might be able to benefit from it. Uh, JJ, I think you're the one that mentioned uh, Caden Proctor um, oh, yeah. from Southeast Polk, who is a, a, a high-level recruit um, committed to the University of Iowa, which, uh, you know, I, I think those are the exceptions, I think, that are going to be out there um, with this new – well, it's not new, obviously, but with uh, the NIL opportunities. And one thing that uh, I think it was Aaron Stecker brought up, it, it's not just the kids that are the, the elite athletes that people are going to pursue. It's the people that have a big social media following. It's the people with the big Instagram and TikTok accounts. Those are the ones that are going to get targeted. Social media influencer. Oh, God. That's the new, just, that's the new thing, right? Yeah. I got an email saying, uh, hey, this is a great sports opportunity. Uh, sports influencers. Okay, I, I'm aware of social media influencers and stuff like that. Now there are sports influencers, which uh, made me shudder. And, of course, I deleted the email. So <laughs> that tells you what I think of that. Good for you. But anyway, so uh, let's, uh, let's look back at last week. There were some big games that involved area teams and some really uh, uh, don't want to say eye popping, but really notable outcomes. I think whether it was uh, an upset streak snap last second victory, um, you know, let's, let's start with the uh, Mount Vernon Solon game. Uh, Mount Vernon Solon, uh, that rivalry, uh, I think Solon in one night, was it 19 or 20? Straight, 19. 19 straight wins, looking for number 20. Uh, got up 7 nothing in the first quarter, uh, but Mount Vernon with uh, scored 17, outscored him 17-7 uh, the last three quarters, 14-7 in the second half uh, to pull off the 17-14 victory over the Spartans and get back in the win column in that, uh, in that series. Good for the rivalry, right? It makes it a rivalry again. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, it, it really, you know, it, it hadn't been for, you know, probably five to ten years just because it had been so lopsided. Most of those games had been lopsided. But, uh, you know, good for Mount Vernon. And uh, you could just uh, – I saw the video of the kids storming, storming the, uh, the – the visitors storming the field. That's so <laughs> Some guy running out with a flag and ended up on the sto on the uh, stolen uh, mascot in the middle of the field emblem or whatever it is. But uh, this rivalry needed that. Solon, the kids from Solon didn't like it, but the, it, it's good for the rivalry, and it'll um, you know that'll provide a lot of motivation for Solon for the rest of the year, and uh, you know they got to play each other again next year, so. We'll uh, we'll see what happens next year. Okay, so I'm gonna uh, not not really eating crow here, right? But I'm gonna say this: I am very very critical of coaches and players where they start playing the nobody believed we could do it card and stuff like that because a lot of times it's just simply not true. All right, Mount Vernon, here's your pass. 
I don't know if there's anybody that thought you were going to come away with a win outside of people wearing maroon and uh, white that night. Use that tag all week long if you like. Uh, send it to me on Twitter uh, at KJ Pilcher. Uh, speak it loud and proud because if there is any ever, if there is a game or a team that probably had that, uh, could use that phrase. Nobody believed in us. Nobody thought we were going to win this game except for us. I think it was Mount Vernon, and kudos to them for coming away with uh, a big win because, you know, they're 2-0 and now. And after that win against Solon, I know they took a spot in my top five. Uh, I was pretty impressed with, uh, with them and, and gave them an instant boost. Yeah, they go from unranked to number five in Class 2A. And, yeah, go ahead and use that right now, Mount Vernon. Uh, I, I – I just about used that in my survivor game last week. Uh, I almost really? took Solon. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't see that coming. Good for them. Uh, but uh, you can't use that slogan next week when you play Tipton on, on Friday. No, that's true. That's true. Uh, speaking of another uh, kind of streak snapper, um, Williamsburg went to Van Meter uh, in a battle of two highly ranked teams, uh, Williamsburg and 2A. Van Meter in 1A. Williamsburg comes away with a victory there, snapping Van Meter's 60-game regular season win streak. JJ, uh, we saw the Raiders dominant week one against Regina and then uh, followed that up with a big win at Van Meter. You know, what are your thoughts about uh, Williamsburg's start here and, and that big win? First of all, uh, the pictures I saw – uh van meter's got one nice dang scoreboard at their stadium uh i think it was somebody from williamsburg just took a picture of the final score and that thing was uh almost nicer than what you got at kingston stadium out here so uh i guess when you win you can you can uh enjoy the spoils right you know but uh yeah just a great job and a great job defensively i think williamsburg here was um, limited Van Meter to, you know, a little over 100 yards, 119 on the ground and uh, only 15 yards passing. So, you know, Jeff said you saw <coughs> on the first week. I mean, this is a very, very quick and athletic team and, um, you know, obviously played a great game defensively. This was the defensive struggle because, you know, you look at it and Williamsburg only had 100, what, 175 or so uh, yards offensively. So, uh, you know, not an upset, you know, when, when you look at one school being bigger than the other class wise, but, uh, you know, certainly another really, really good win and a statement win for, for Williamsburg, no doubt. Linda, you know, you saw him week one, uh, were you surprised by, uh, them getting a win there at, uh, Van Meter and, you know, I know there's some other strong teams in 2A, but. Yeah. Does this put uh, does this put Williamsburg as a, a strong title contender if they weren't considered that already? Yeah, I, I, no, I wasn't surprised. I, I honestly thought they would win last week. Um, I think they'll win this week. I think they're going to go into district play three and zero. I think they're really good, but uh, you know, to, to say they're the favorite right now. Oh boy, OABCIT is really good. Central Lion George Liverpool really good uh you know i'd say i would say those are the top three 
Uh, certainly, I'm not sure which order they'll they'll end up when uh, when the shooting match is over in November. But uh, those are the top three, and uh, there might be a little gap between those three and everybody else. Uh, kind of interesting, uh, Carson Hudipole. I want to say two years ago was a sophomore tailback for for Williamsburg. Uh, now serving as their quarterback as a senior. I believe he had a, a knee injury too in between uh, then and now, but uh, uh, kind of interesting to see him now under center, under, under center uh, for the Raiders. Number 24, baby. You got to love quarterbacks wearing number 24, right? <laughs> right. For sure. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, uh, Solon and Williamsburg uh, face each other. Um you know, another another game that kind of was on the radar there as far as being a possible uh, good matchup. Linder, you're down at Linmar uh, for the the game at Iowa City Liberty. Um, you know, Liberty 2-0, and uh, they kind of pulled away late, didn't they? No, they, they jumped all over Linmar early. Uh, oh, okay. 25 nothing at halftime. And, oh, my uh, bad. Oh, that's fine. Uh, and Graham Beckman, boy, he can throw the ball. He's got some really good receivers. Uh, he's got some speed on the outside. He's got a really good slot guy. And, uh, uh, Christian Barney. And uh, I, think they had, I think he had about 230, 250 yards passing by halftime. It was 25 nothing. But uh, uh, both teams were a lot different in the second half. Uh, it took the, the uh, foot off the gas a little bit. But Mark showed a lot of guts coming out. They got within 25-14 and had the ball to, uh, with the chance to get closer, but uh, uh, Liberty was able to stiffen up and stop them and, uh, and uh, went by that final score, 25-14. But, uh, yeah, uh, Liberty in the first half, they look like, uh, like world beaters. And, of course, J.J., you, uh, you saw them in week one. You know, there's uh, a – we might talk about uh, some of our top teams, regardless of class, here in a little bit too. But um, where do you see Liberty ranking? I mean, obviously, big win against City High. They continue that against Linmar. You know, where do you see Liberty kind of fitting when it comes to that hierarchy of teams in Eastern Iowa? Yeah, you know, right up there with. Uh... You know, I think 4-A is really good, boys. I don't know what you think, you guys think, but I think that it might be the best class, you know, top to bottom when it comes to the top 10 teams. And, I mean, so you got to rank them up there with, like, your Xavier and, uh, you know, Waverly, Shell Rock and, um, you know, schools like that. And I think what was what really impressed me, guys, was, uh, okay, what an incredible emotional victory last week or the week prior. Um, you know, in the clash at Kinnick against Iowa City High, ripe for a letdown, right? Well, there was no letdown because, you know, like Jeff said, they came, the Lightning came right back out and, and ran to a 25 nothing lead. So uh, that's a credit to them. That's a credit to the coaches for making sure there was no letdown. And, yeah, for sure, I you know, I, I love Graham Beckman and, and what I saw from him. Uh, Jeff, I think you'd agree. I think he's a really good quarterback. And, uh, you know, have some really good receivers, multiple receivers to go to and, uh, this is a, a legit football team, no question. JJ, you, you talked about 
Sorry, uh, JJ talked about the, the top four eight teams. I'm just going to go through our list of rankings and, uh, you know, I, I'll go all the way down to 10. Here, here's our top 10 and four. Lewis Central, Waverly, Indianola, Bondurant Farrar, Xavier, Liberty, Norwalk, North Scott, Wash, and Lamar's at 10. Lamar's, which beat Sergeant Bluff Luton in the first week, we have 10. That's that's 10, 10 deep, really, really good teams right now. Yeah. Yeah, when you think about North Scott being, what, se seventh or eighth on that list? Eighth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, saying, that's saying a lot about the depth of quality teams. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, JJ, uh, speaking of a 4A team, and we'll stick with you, uh, you went out and watched uh, Cedar Rapids, Washington, and Marion. Uh, Washington improved to 2-0. Leading into next week's game against or this week's game against Kennedy, but uh, Washington uh, with another dominant uh, performance. Yeah, and probably a little better gauge, right, KJ? Uh, this or last week, um, you know, and that and that's not. I'm not trying to denigrate Jefferson, obviously, or anything, but we all know the the situation. That's going on there right now with with the sure. rebuilding and and so many young players playing and all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, uh, it was uh, I I love the defense. The defense, you know, you're throwing out, uh, you know, in the secondary, you got a D1 kid, Miles Thompson at corner, and uh, Michael Blank at the other corner, who's a legit player, and you know, Watts McBride, who's probably a Division one player when it's all said and done. He's he's a safety and uh, just a really good defense and. I think what, uh, you know, Coach Maurice Blue was pleased with was the improvement in the offensive line. And, and you know, again, KJ, I think that was in your story uh, on Chase Mahoney, who's a, another baller, man, that kid can play. Uh, three yeah. touchdowns so far in two games, and he hasn't had any offensive touches. So uh, that's not <laughs> bad. Uh, two pick sixes. But, yeah, the offensive line was better last week, and, and they ran the ball a little bit. Made, made a lot of mistakes still, like penalties and things like that. And, you know, uh, two quarterbacks, <laughs> you know, as you know, that uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not real uh, I'm not real big on that. I, I always kind of think that, you know, when you have two quarterbacks, I don't know if you have any, but I mean, they're two capable kids. And that's that's kind of the thing. And, uh, you know, we'll see if one separates from the other as they, as they go along. But, you know, really good defensive effort. And and Marion, you know, I give Marion credit. You know, they know what their, their best player is, is Alex Moda, and they're trying to find ways to make him the most effective. And he started at receiver in week one. I think only had a couple of catches. So, you know, Coach Joyner just said, all right, well, we're going to throw you in the backfield as a running back. So a lot more touches, um, you know, had a uh, threw a big, uh, you know, backward pass or double pass, whatever you want to call it, that set up the first touchdown and uh, caught a long pass for their other touchdown. So, uh, you know, we'll see as we go along. As we mentioned, I think last week, guys, Marion's got a really tough schedule. Yes. And, uh, you know, that that continues this week with Benton Community, which is uh, a top 10 team. So, uh, yeah, but it was a good game and a uh, real good game, competitive game for a half and watch. Washington – just kind of pulled away there in the second half. Um, a few other uh, uh, kind of results that stand out. Um, Prairie bounced back from its opening loss to, to PV and beat uh, Dubuque Senior, I believe, 40-20. to 20. 
They face Cedar Falls here next week. Kennedy uh, handled Bettendorf, if I if I remember correctly. Uh, they're two and zero. West Central three and zero. For I can't remember what you said, uh, uh, JJ. First time since like I want to say in like fifteen years or even maybe longer. Um, and of course they, yeah, they did that after naming the field after uh, Steve Milder, right? <laughs> I guess they kind of knew what they were doing, right? So, <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's either twelve or thirteen was the year they the last time they were three and zero, uh, and fifty-one years, boys. Holy, holy cow! Full yeah. respect, Coach Milder, I and mean, that's that's uh, shaping a lot of young men's lives, man. One other thing I want to point out too, just how tough uh, the three A teams that we had in our rankings last week had it. Um, Maybe that's uh, maybe that's a bad sign on on our rankings, but uh, or it could just be the tough competition that they played last week. We are already mentioned Solon lost to Mount Vernon. Solon, I believe, was our number two team in three A last week. Um, our three A number five assumption lost to two uh, A uh, number six Wallert. Wallert, who comes to Xavier here uh, uh, next week um, or this week. I got to get out of that habit. Um, <laughs> Xavier dominated against uh, uh, West Delaware, scoring on like lightning quick drives throughout the game. They're in a blowout. Um, but number five, Nevada uh, lost to uh, 2A number four, West Marshall. And then Sergeant Bluff Luton, I believe is 0-2 now. Uh, <laughs> they lost to uh, 2A number two, Central Lion who I believe has a big game against West Sioux this, this week. So uh, some pod knots put on the old three ranked teams heads um, in week two. Uh, who's your most surprising 0-2 team, most surprising 2-0 team uh, so far? Jeff, you want to handle that one first? Yeah, I, I would say – my most surprising 0-2 team is probably West Delaware. Um, you know, always always a really good program. Um, and I, I still think they're going to have a good team this year. Uh, but uh, I would say that, uh, you know, that, that's a little bit of a surprise for me. And, uh, I, you know, in, I guess in that very same vein, probably my most surprising 2-0 team around here is probably Waller. And uh, hey, I, I think I think we're going to learn a lot about Waller this week when they, uh, when they come to Saints Field. I'm going to go um, – Pella and Winterset are both 0-2 and, um, and Fort Dodge. And I think we had in our rankings – I know we had Winterset and Fort Dodge in the preseason rankings, right, uh, in our top tens. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, there's the couple uh, off the top of my head. And how about Des Moines North boys? 2-0. and I mean, this is a, a program that struggles perennially. Um, and I know it hasn't been the, the toughest first two opponents, but, uh, I mean, we're talking about a school that, uh, you know, I don't – when was the last time North won two games? <laughs> to be quite yeah. honest, in a season. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, they actually yeah. two and one. They had a loss to get to uh, uh, Dallas Center Grimes in week zero. But uh, 
I yeah, think that was a, I think that was a scrimmage actually. Was it? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I remember that. Um, uh, yeah, they they have North has that listed as a scrimmage. So okay, okay. Yeah, so two and zero. You know they've got some more winnable games on their schedule. Um, you know they still play Atoma. They still play Marshalltown. Uh, they've got Sioux City North this week. Maybe is it too early to say maybe winning season? You know two and zero. Good for you guys, Polar Bears. Keep it going. You know, for me, I you know neither one of these two teams are kind of in the the circulation area that we normally cover, but um, Waller being 2-0, and um, you know, they open with West Delaware and Assumption. Um, that's kind of a surprise. And like you said, Linder, uh, this week will be a really strong barometer on where Waller's at when they face Xavier. Uh, both of them had, uh, a, you know, blowout wins over West Delaware. So uh, we'll see. Um, you know, another uh, uh, 2-0 team that surprised me is Atumwa. Yeah. Um, You know, Atumwa being 2-0, that was, at the beginning of the year, I was popping off about how maybe that was a game that Jefferson could steal um, later in the e- in the season as a, as a win. Um, doesn't look like it uh, right now. Um, I'd say kind of one of the surprising 0-2 teams, uh, Sigourney Kyoto. You know, they've had a really good run. They've graduated uh, a lot of talent, but to see them at 0-2, a little bit of a shocker. So um, I think that's kind of a surprise, even though, like I said, they did graduate uh, some really talented uh, players. So they might be uh, kind of in a rebuild. Uh, I think it was week one they lost to Durant. And I know Durant's got a really, really good running back in the DeLong kid. I think he's uh, uh, ran for a ton of yards last year. I, I don't know where he's at this year, but uh, I hear he's just a uh, really, really good back. Yep. Durant's 2-0. Yeah, yeah. They, have, they have Northeast coming up the, this week, I believe, too. So we'll see if that uh, continues. Um, you know, at one time we used to give out game balls and stuff during our podcast. Um, I just throw this out there. Uh, do you have any uh, uh, players that really kind of kind of a player of the week um, for you? If not, uh, I know one kind of stood out to, to me a little bit. Um, but do you guys have anybody that really kind of caught your attention with their week two performance? I'm going to go. No, go ahead, John. Sorry. Uh, from the game I saw, I, I, I can't speak for everybody that, uh, but uh, Graham Beckham was, was super, and Liberty's uh, win over Lindar on on Friday. Sorry to interrupt there, JJ. No, no, I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to go Evan Kearney from Iowa Valley. I think he had nine touchdowns combined in in uh, its win. He's got 22 touchdowns in, in three games, and I know it's eight player and all that, but uh, still, that's, that's a lot of touchdowns and. You know, talking to the BGM coach last week, uh, they they're saying how legit of a player Evan Kearney is. So um, he gets my game ball. Uh, you know, I was really uh, impressed with Michael Cunningham uh, for Xavier against West Delaware. Um, you know, I, I think he's uh, I think Xavier's a lot more explosive than they have been uh, in recent years. 
Um, so he's kind of an honorable mention for me. The one that really kind of stood out looking through uh, kind of the performances, Brady Erickson of Mount Vernon uh, receiver, kind of, I don't know, the numbers kind of reminded me of Connor Herman's production a little bit. Of course, we know how good he was um, for Mount Vernon and then going up to uh, South Dakota. But uh, Brady Erickson had 11 catches for 126 yards and a touchdown against Sullen. So doing that against a really, really good uh, team to boot. 11 catches in a game ranks number one in class 3A and his 126 receiving yards in a game ranks number four. And it's not like um, Mount Vernon was was disguising anything or um, being deceptive because they went to him a lot. He ended up pulling in 126 of Joey Romberg's 206 yards or accounting for for that many yards, so over half of his passing yards, went to Erickson, and exactly half of his completions, 22 completions, uh, went to Erickson. So uh, they went to him a lot, and he responded and put up a big game and a big win. So let's move on to this coming up week. Let's just touch on – uh, I'm gonna list the. I'm gonna list some of the games that kind of stand out to me. Uh, you, uh, viewers can go to thegazette.com and check out the capsules that Jeff Linder did on some of the, the big matchups for this week. Uh, always one of the more thorough guides to the upcoming games that you're gonna find. Um, we've got unbeaten uh, Cedar Rapids, Kennedy, Cedar Rapids, Washington uh, facing off at Kingston. On Friday, uh, Linmar uh, will host Pleasant Valley at Cedar Rapids Prairie. In case uh, you didn't know, Linmar still getting their turf um, situation taken care of. But they, if you look on Twitter, Linmar Athletics uh, account uh, tweeted a picture of it, and it's coming along really well, and it looks pretty sharp. But Linmar and PV at Prairie. Speaking of Prairie, they're one and one now after. Uh, Three touchdown performance from Kale Sullivan and I think 180 plus yards from Mikel Taylor against uh, Dubuque Senior. They had the Cedar Falls who were 2-0. Uh, then you've got uh, Sullen at Williamsburg, which happens to be the game I'll be covering. Sullen 1-1, one one, Williamsburg 2-0. Uh, you've got the uh, Little little Hawk, uh, Little Cyclone battle at City High. 1-1 one one, Little Hawks host 2-0 Ames which I think is uh, um, kind of interesting. Ames 2-0. Uh, you got Waller and Xavier, uh, both teams 2-0. Xavier's uh, senior night. Waller coming off a big win against Assumption. Uh, one that I think is sneaky, sneaky good here, uh, Monticello and Beckman. Monticello 1-1 one one at Beckman 2-0. Um, you got Mac Valley and West Branch, both undefeated. Uh, Mid Prairie two and zero after one of those wins coming against uh, Sigourney Kyoto, who we talked about um, at Iowa City Regina one and one, which bounced back uh, with a big win over West Liberty after uh, dropping the opener to uh, uh, Williamsburg. Benton Community two and zero at Marion, looking for their first win, and then Iowa City West one and one host Dubuque Hempstead. Uh, first off, guys. Give me a game or two that you you think kind of lead the bunch here 
And uh, let me know where you guys are uh, going to be Friday night with your coverage. I don't even know where to start. I mean, Sol and Williamsburg's intriguing, especially after the loss from Solon last week. Uh, like you said, KJ, Monticello Beckman is, is a sneaky good game. And uh, Wallert and Xavier, you know, how, how really good is, is Wallert? Kennedy and Washington, obviously. Obviously, always. Uh, you know, can Lindmark play with Pleasant Valley? So many questions. And I'll just throw one out there in statewide. Uh, Ankeny and Dowling play this week as well. So uh, a couple of top five teams. And sorry, Jeff, go ahead. No, uh, uh, I would just mirror what you said. Uh, I'll, I'll be at uh, Kingston for Kennedy Wash. Looking forward to seeing both of those teams for the first time. Um, Solon Williamsburg will be a great game. Um, you know, Waller Xavier, we talked about that a lot. Uh, uh, a week ago, I would I would have thought maybe Beckman would be a fairly he heavy favorite against Monticello, but uh, it looks like that might be uh, more competitive now since uh, I think it was Anamosa played Beckman pretty close last week. Um, wow. You know, we'll find out a lot about Maquoketa Valley this week. Can they stay with West Branch? Uh, and uh, uh, I think Mid Prairie Regina could be a decent ball game. Oh, I thought it was kind of interesting looking at your capsules, Lindy. Uh, Mac Valley, a one-win team last year. Yeah. And now they're already 2-0. and So uh, certainly a, a team that's rebounded and, and off to a really good start um, so far with, with convincing wins over North Cedar and South Winnesheek. Yeah. The, the, the South win, uh, the South win win. Uh, really, uh, really surprised me, especially as uh, as big of a margin as that was. So I think that uh, that really kind of legitimizes um, the Copa Valley quite a bit. Lance McShane, guys, that's uh, he's he's been their big their big dog, their big horse. He's got almost 500 yards rushing in the first two games and nine touchdowns. So, uh, you know, uh, and I believe he was hurt last year, didn't play. So. Mm -hmm. So that could be a big factor uh, for them, obviously. Uh, JJ, speaking of Kennedy, Washington, uh, you know that's uh, that's number nine in in four A with uh, the Warriors and Kennedy. We have sixth in our five A rankings, both two and zero. This is a, a game that one uh, on the field, obviously a, a good rivalry, but the thing that I think adds to the game a little bit is the relationship between the head coaches. We've written about it before, but you've worked a lot with uh, uh, Mo Blue and uh, Brian White. Uh, used to be on the same staff together at Wash, uh, really good friends. Um, there's a lot of mutual respect, yet uh, competitive edge between those two, isn't there? Oh, for sure. And um, that's why I think it's a rivalry that's uh... – I don't know, want to say friendly, but I don't I never really see much animosity between the players or anything on both sides. Maybe I'm wrong on that. that that's got to be a reflection on the coaches. And, you know, Kyle Nock, uh, uh, you know, Kennedy's offensive coordinator is another guy that that was an assistant at Wash. So, I mean, that's the best of high school sports, right? When you, you're at rival schools and yet, you know, your coaching staffs are, um, you know, friendly and uh, you know, I know they call each other during the season and when they're not playing each other. And 
Uh, you know, it's been a good rivalry. Washington has, has uh, you know, has played Kennedy very tough. Uh, and Kennedy's kind of been the preeminent big school program, uh, you know, here in the Metro. Uh, and last year was the exception. I think, Jeff, you covered that game last year too, right? Kennedy, uh, Kennedy really took it to Washington, if I remember right. Yeah, I don't think I covered it last year. I know I covered it two years ago when Washington won. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. So um, I expect to probably a, a pretty close game. I'm that's not really going out on a limb, but uh, that's what I'm going to predict. Uh, it just, it just, it's weird to see them not being in the same class too, but, um, but uh, anyway, uh, just kind of moving forward. Um, JJ, where are you going to be at this next week? Lindy said he's going to be at, uh, Kingston. I'm going to be down at Williamsburg. JJ, where are you going to be this yeah. week? Uh, I'll be at Saints Field. Uh, get my first look at Xavier. Really looking forward to that. Um, and Dubuque Wallert. You know, to see uh, how legit the Golden Eagles are and, uh, you know, maybe try and keep an eye, uh, a side eye on that Pilcher girl uh, to see if she's staying out of trouble. So. Yeah, uh, you might. Uh, I'll I'll buy you a bag of popcorn just to kind of keep her in deal in check. Uh, make sure she doesn't throw too much talcum powder. I tell you what, they had a whiteout for their homecoming, and they do. Uh, they throw uh, baby powder up in the air. It creates a huge uh, cloud, and I think it's become one of their traditions. And uh, the start of the game, we could not see the scoreboard because of the baby powder cloud was so thick. Um, but that's uh, that's one I think I could do without. Not to mention, <laughs> they do the jump around. Uh, they do the jump around before the fourth quarter, um, like Wisconsin, which I think uh, probably makes Brad Stovey's skin crawl on the sideline. Uh, <laughs> When that occurs, being a Hawkeye fan, and of course, uh, Quinn and Bryce Schulte play down in Iowa City, I believe uh, Ethan Herkett uh, and Jackson uh, Rexroth are also uh, down in Rexroth, Iowa City. Yeah. So we have our, uh, our weekly uh, survivor knockout picks. Um, do we want to go ahead and, and share, share ours before we uh, wrap things up for this week? Yeah, let's do it. Well, uh, do we want to do we want to mention our top five regardless of class? Do we? Yeah, yeah. KJ. Before you came on, KJ and Nathan and I were talking about uh, kind of a uh, a high five. Our top five area teams in our class uh, with uh, with uh, regardless of class. So uh, go ahead, KJ. I'll let you go first. So I'll go five down to one in. Some of this is just to stay consistent with my rankings, even though I may re I really think I might end up reshuffling these obviously in the next week or two. But uh, so starting out five, I have Iowa city high uh, four. I have Williamsburg three. I have Cedar Rapids, Kennedy two. I have Iowa city Liberty. And then number one, Cedar Rapids, Xavier, uh, I almost would rather see Liberty and Kennedy above Xavier, but since I had Xavier ranked higher to begin with um, and, and saw them last week, 
I have them number one, followed by Liberty Kennedy, Williamsburg, City High. I just about mirror yours to the T. Um, I got City High at five. I got Williamsburg at four. I got Liberty at three, Kennedy two, and, and Xavier at one. Yeah. And I'll get I'll get your I'll get you next week. Sounds good. Sorry. Yeah, we kind of sprung it last second. That's why we kind of caught you off guard. Sorry about that. Uh, can we do the survivor? No you want to go survivor game next, KJ? Yeah, let's go ahead and, and knock that out of the way before we. Uh, All right. Uh, we're we're all still alive. Uh, Nathan went Northland over Bellevue. Uh, KJ, go ahead. Uh, so this week, I'm going to go West Branch over Mac Valley. I'm going to go with uh, Butch Peterson and the Bears. The Bears. Uh, uh, I'm going to reach down to eight player. I, don't, I haven't done eight player yet. Gladbrook, I'm back over Dunkerton. Boom. Would you consider that a... Very happy. <laughs> That's why I did it. Hey, sure JJ, would you consider that? What's that? Would you consider that a slam dunk, Erton? I'm not running over Tipton. That is a – that seems like a very, very good uh, choice for this week. So, all right, any parting shots, any last words? Great advice, dinner recipes, anything like that before we sign off? Let's kick it off, baby. Let's go. Good to that. All right. So for the pair of Jeffs, our producer, Nathan Ford, and his lovely cat, Rebecca, Becky. <laughs> Becky with the good hair for uh, those in the know. Um, I'm KJ Pilcher. Uh, we look forward to seeing you out. Please say hi if you see us at the – the games, make sure to follow us uh, at thegazette.com, iowaprepsports.com. Uh, follow Jeff Johnson at J-E-J-E-66 on Twitter. It's at J-T Linder uh, as well, at Nathan T. Ford um, as well on Twitter, and I'm at KJ Pilcher. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody. And Does somebody else want to hit the line since I'm leaving the show? No, it's your, it's your line. All right. Well, you heard it, man. Keep your head on a swivel. Thanks for watching. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.